Happy Friday and welcome back and congratulations on surviving another week here at the Airport Minute where each and every day, Monday through Friday, we go over one minute of the greatest disaster movie ever made, the 1970 Universal Pictures movie Airport. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com. And I am the short-timer host counting down the... (laughs) The hours uh, with everybody. Uh, Mark Cerulli of CovertOps.tv. And we are thrilled to have a, a really experienced guest uh, in the cockpit with us. Producer, movie technical advisor, Army Reserve Officer, Major Rory Elward. Or can I call you Hawkeye? Call me Hawkeye. Either way is uh, fine. Well, <laughs> welcome. Thank you for coming. Good to be here. You, you've come in at a great minute. This is uh, all, all the money's on the table now. They're, uh, they're shooting for the end of that runway there. Bouncing up and down, and uh, we we join the action already in progress as uh, Barry Nelson puts the uh, puts the wheels down at the end of runway two niner, and uh, and then he turns off turns off the throttle and throws a whole bunch of switches, and the, everybody in the orchestra is getting excited, and it's just a thrill a thrill a second. So. Even even Gary Collins, he's he's kind of excited. <laughs> yeah, even a little bit. Yeah, there's deep shadow back there. Yeah, <laughs> it's just. Thinking about his next coffee. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Because I wonder what the special is at the on, at the smokehouse. Yeah, What's crab service have on the table yeah. today. Were those Danishes? <laughs> yeah, save me that donut. Yeah, the chocolate one. <laughs> he probably he probably has it off camera, and oh, he's yeah. just <laughs> eating it between takes. <laughs> yeah, for the hours. There's just sitting there. There's a whole bowl of clam chowder just sitting on the <laughs> stand there. Right. Oh gosh, but he yeah they they do a good job like leaning back and forth while the grips are shaking the whole cockpit set. That is a, a good and you know even though poor Gary's in the background, that rather dramatic key light on Barry's really focusing in on how much how determined he is to make sure gravity uh, wins. So. And 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 Dean certainly sells you know like stomping his foot yeah. on the rudder pedal. So. <laughs> yes. All those all those years walking the walking the stage in Vegas just going you know. <laughs> I'll just pretend. He's, he's, and the best part is he's probably wearing like, you know, house slippers. Yeah. You know, <laughs> he just doesn't want to knock over that little glass of bourbon and ice. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just waiting for it to, he's, uh, he's thinking that he's got to get out of here and, and get home and go film another episode of the gold diggers. That's the, <laughs> the next thing on the menu. So. How soon can I leave? It's actually, it's actually fun watching Dean because he has such a background as being a, um, you know, a funny guy and a singer and a troubadour and a crooner and a lush. And he's kind of a jerk in this movie. Oh, yeah. Which, big time. Yeah. <laughs> so it's 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 kind of it's fun watching switch gears, you know. Yeah. And, and doesn't sing a note. I mean, the whole movie, you keep no. expecting he's going to open his mouth somewhere. It's it's like being at an Elvis movie and he's decided to be serious. Yeah, like what happened? Well, in the middle of a crisis in midair, if your pilot breaks into song <laughs> it's yeah. a problem which, which you know when which, the moon which, hits your eye <laughs> and then and then leslie nielsen sticks his head in the yeah. cockpit We're all counting on you. it's tough watching this movie in the light of airplane i mean every everything seems yeah. to call call back to it well it just makes me want to do a podcast on airplane yeah oh absolutely and you know that like off stage they're getting directions on how to how to do this like what barry had to know what kind of uh what, what kind of moves to pull on the on the throttles and right. things and right. we were we had talked in a previous episode that dean actually took flying lessons to know how to say things the right way. So I actually I think he just right. got Universal to pay for his uh, pilot's right. license. So <laughs> clever <laughs> clever man. Not, oh. not not a dope by any stretch of the imagination. No, no. Oh. And I heard I, I don't know if it's true, but I heard that the whole heavy drinking thing was an act. He he it was. he really didn't drink. It was. 
Yeah, he knocked, yeah, he, knocked back a lot he, of uh, icy. Or... I, I mean, he, he, you know, um, I mean, it wasn't that Dean didn't drink, but he wasn't a drunk, and right. and certainly um, was the the least least likely of of the summit, which is what the, the real name. What the guys in the Rat Pack called themselves the summit. They didn't call themselves a Rat Pack, but I mean, he was the most. Um, he was the family guy of not not the current expression of family guy, but he was he he liked to be home early. Um, to you know, spend time with his wife and family. It, um, what was the line, Mark? You had said the line a couple, a couple of. Oh, the wife. Ago. The wife once said, "Nobody could do nothing like Dean." <laughs> my my favorite my favorite Dean Martin story is um, they're they're having a party for I think it's his fiftieth birthday, and everybody comes over to Dean Martin's house. It's a huge affair, and about eleven o'clock at night, there's a knock on the door, and there's two cops outside, and nobody can find Dean, so they get Frank Sinatra. And Frank goes to the door and he's like, boys, what's going on? It's like, well, Mr. Sinatra, we got a complaint. Like you got a complaint and everybody's here. It says, so, so what's going on? They say, well, Mr. Sinatra, we're not allowed to say. And he's like, boys, it's Frank. It's like, well, sir, the call came from inside the house. (laughs) And he just stops and looks at them, says, stay right there. And he goes upstairs and it's like 11 o'clock at night. And he goes into Dean's room and Dean is there in his pajamas, like practicing his putts. And Frank looks at him and says, you you called in your own party? He says, I want to go to bed. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that's that's the real Dean Martin. You know? <laughs> I want to go to – I love it. I want to go to bed. Wow, he, he and our, our occasional host, Peter Regan, would get along. Yeah, they, they all – yeah, we have, we have friends who are very much uh, early to bed. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so, it's so funny that he was able to spin this legend about him being a drunk – and at the same time, it's like, you know, it's all it's all fabricated, you know, yeah, but it, it worked. I mean, he, he built a, quite a, a second career out of it. I mean, after, uh, you know, leaving Jerry and all that. Yeah. He had quite a great solo career. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Rory, you've been you've done a lot of uh, technical advice on, on a lot of movies, right. getting people to do things in a professional manner and stuff. How difficult? I mean, I guess it might depend on the on the individual. But how difficult is it to get a, you know, a big name star to listen to what you're telling them? Um, it depends how good an actor they are. A, a good actor wants to get it right. So, you know, Denzel Washington was great to work with because he wanted to, you know, he wanted it to be right. So, you know, guys like him are never a problem. It's it's people who are not really actors or celebrities. That's that's harder or or young or some of the younger actors are still, you know, you know, they're 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 still figuring it out. So they, you know, they, they feel challenged or something like you're telling them how to act. And it's like, no, I don't, you know, that's, that's a director's job is whether your performance is any good. I just want to, I just want you to look real. Yeah. Could you give us an idea of like how long it takes you to impart stuff? I mean, I know that you do things with, with like military procedures and things like that, or even stuff like drilling or, or how to salute and stuff. Generally, how long do you have to work with an actor to to give them? It depends on the actor. I mean, some people pick it up right away with other people. It's, it's more of a stretch. I mean, but, but most, most performers come from a background of, you know, not only acting, but probably they've taken dance, probably they've taken things about, you know, moving their body and things like that. So it it really is on a, on a very much um, an individual basis. You know, some people have handled guns before either in other movies or in other, um, in other contexts, you know, in, in, in civilian life. Um, and other people are just, you know, you're starting from scratch. Yeah. Um, there was, there was a young actor on a, a movie I did years ago, um, who just could not for the life of him figure out how to hold an M16. 
And and I, I I finally like leaned very close to him at one point and said, if you don't start holding that like a man, I'm going to hit you with it. Um, so how'd that work? Um, he 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 um, he stepped up, so it was fine. Um, but he was just not paying attention because he was just you know being dismissive. And he was it was like the way you see some guys who've never held a tool in their life, and they um, you know they just you're you're waiting for an accident to happen. Um, that was this kid. He was just like tucking the, 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 he was like holding, like he, he needed to use his hands. So he like tucked the butt of the rifle in his armpit. <laughs> it's like, um, it's like, you're not on 90210. So stop doing that. Cause you know, you're, you're, you're getting on my nerves. Um, <laughs> wow. it's just, you know, I mean, and that's the thing is that real actors are trying to impart some truth and they realize that that's all part of, it, you know, um, the, the biggest challenge with, with most actors was not getting them to um, – it wasn't, it wasn't getting the, 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 the technical stuff. It would be like getting them to get a haircut because, you know, like, like, like the engineer here, they're thinking about their next job. So they're like, well, I don't want to cut my hair because I might have to be a surfer dude in the next movie. It's like, well, this is the job you have at the moment. So yeah, it'll go don't back. Don't worry. Today and then worry about your next character another time. Yeah. It makes it makes you wish for for you know easy to work with talent like Sheila Booth. <laughs> yeah, just like that. Uh, <laughs> I, I actually worked on a movie. Um, There's a movie called uh, In the Army Now with Paulie Shore. Oh, oh my God! Yes, yes. Uh, I met the guy who wrote that. Oh my God! Um, I wasn't the technical advisor. I was I was there doing uh, background work, uh-huh. uh, but I knew the technical advisor and I. I thought it was a 50-50 chance whether Paulie was going to survive the shoot or not wow. because he was such a – No, shut down! <laughs> so it was uh-huh. Like, you know, if he kills you, no one's going to say anything. <laughs> it's just he's, – he's that much of a jerk. Um, and and he was um, – they're doing a scene where, the, you know, they got some like ridiculously large rucksack for him to carry. You know, that was part of the gag. And, you know, this thing's like six feet tall and he's got it on his back. And um, and it was empty. I mean, it was just the rucksack and it was filled with like styrofoam. And he was complaining about how much it weighed. Ugh. Wow, that's a great way to look good in front of the crew. <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know, they brought in all these uh, GIs to be extras. And so everybody's looking at him like, really? <laughs> you know, this is a, yeah, this is a job where you're going to be making money. But if you don't do it, you're not going to get anything. It's, it's, uh, yes, wow. Um, uh, it's okay. too hot. I want to go home. Oh yeah, he's exactly that guy. He's he's, he's, he's you know, <laughs> and, and and you know he's he's you know people always assume fragging has to do with like you know killing unpopular officers and stuff mm. like that. And he's the kind of guy that would just be done away with. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> I had a friend who worked on uh, some monster movies where they were shooting after the monsters, and uh, he was telling me that one of the hardest things is to get actors not to squint while their, uh, you know, their prop guns are going off. So I don't know if you've ever had to deal with that, where people just I never, I never had that problem. I, I, I worked with an actor once who'd um, his uh, he'd broken his pinky finger playing football, and it never healed properly, so so it would just stick out <laughs> just randomly. And he was supposed to be saluting in this really solemn ceremony scene, and like his pinky kept sticking out. Oh, no. And I was, I was all ready to like double stick tape his <laughs> his fingers together. <laughs> and we finally got a good take, but I was like, mm. 
this is, you know, this is because that's the kind of thing as a technical advisor, you're going to like, I'm going to be humiliated. You yeah. know? <laughs> just, or just shoot it left handed and reverse the shot. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> What's your other hand look like? Like my oh. entire career is passing before my eyes. <laughs> Oh, you're the guy on that movie. I remember that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh you're that idiot. Great. Yeah. Great. <laughs> on this on this particular scene when we're watching uh, airport, we're watching kind of the end of everything. And one of the things that we're ending here is the uh, the Melmobile. We're 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 giving up yeah. uh dear old Mel and his, his big old country squire there and uh I I'm 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 gonna miss that car. He's I think it's my my favorite character. Usually it it <laughs> never never leaves a scene without a fish tail and Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Just, Speaking uh, of fishtails, uh, now you, you, that was a full size seven oh seven skidding oh, uh, skidding on the runway. This is yeah. a, this is one of the most incredible stunts with a real you know one hundred and forty four foot long seven oh seven, and they just put it you know right right rudder just like they say that you can and if you uh, get up to like second forty five forty six you can see that it is full right rudder so they yeah. <laughs> It just basically blew the plane off the runway. Um, it, wow. it, it is I'm impressive, and I don't know if it's been slowed down or sped up or anything like that, but it is, yeah. I mean, because there, there, there's not a lot of margin for error there. Yeah, that came. the, the wing comes incredibly close to that lighting yeah. Uh, fixture. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you can see the, the beams getting cut as it's as it's sliding through. Yeah. It's just, it's astonishing that... I'm amazed that the insurance that the company allowed them to do that. Yeah, oh, I mean, it wouldn't be the airport's problem, but imagine the Flying Tigers had loaned or had rented this to uh, Universal, yeah. and I'm um, just imagine the insurance guy. <laughs> you're going to do what with what? Wait, 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 what, what, what? Yeah. Say that again. Eight. I, 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 I've got to believe that they walked it all through. I mean, I've got to believe they, um, they, they did a walking rehearsal of all of this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And. and and figured out the clearances and stuff. I mean, you know, I mean, physics is physics. If 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 the wing is too tall to hit that thing, that's never going to hit that thing. But, you know, I'm sure they walked it through and said, all right, let's make sure, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And they're obviously doing it during. I mean, there is snow. This is not an effect snow. This is real snow. They're doing this, during, you know, waiting for a storm to hit. And it's like, let's go. It's it's ready. We're, we're going to go take over the runway at two in the morning. Um, but a stunning Stunning scene. I've tried to find the stunt people that worked on this. There's a couple of pilots listed in the script, but uh, they're either deceased or not online, which I guess is the same thing nowadays. It's a whole subspecialty of um, uh, of movies is creating snow. I mean, that you could you're going to do a tire show on all the movies that have created snow. You know, starting with uh, with uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, a lot of a lot of cornflakes, a lot. A lot of, uh, you know, really scary fiberglass and stuff blowing it. You know, yeah. I, I guess, you know, Yeah, that you know. helped kill off uh, Lon Chaney, apparently. Yeah. He ingested yep. a, a fake snowflake, and that aggravated his, uh, his throat. Oh, really? Wow. Huh. Well, didn't mean to bring everybody no, down. No, no, no. <laughs> you know? yeah, we had – I shot uh, – I produced a movie for Hallmark years ago called uh, Silent Night, mm-hmm. and it was set during, during the Battle of the Bulge. And most of the movie was shot inside on, on, a, on a cabin set we built. But we had to shoot three days outside in Montreal in August with temperatures in the 80s. Mm. And we had to, you know, recreate these these snow covered Ardennes forest outside this cabin with the cabin exterior shots. And the, the film's budget was about two million dollars and one hundred forty thousand dollars of that was for fake snow. Wow. 
or for or for or like ice. They they basically brought in the kind of machine that they use to make ice in a ski resort mm. and and made ice for for three days. Wow. I, I, did you have to like add breath frosting and things like that or anything? Or I don't know if I guess you just ignore that part for the movie. I, I, I forget what we did to, to create the breath, whether it was just like, you know, ice cube in the mouth or something like that. People, you know, and, and then we had some fake snow because it had to be falling and we, we, we couldn't recreate that, which is annoying because because it guaranteed it will stick to, you know, it will stick to somebody's hat or a gun in the most ridiculous way possible. <laughs> so, like. Perfect. That's just great. Wow. Yeah. I had I had read about uh, when Howard Hawks when they were shooting the thing, they needed yeah. to have their breath freezing, and of course, the Hollywood in the summertime is not going to happen. So what they did was they uh, actually rented out a first storage uh, building in downtown uh, Los Angeles and just you know moved all the moved all the lights and stuff in and just shot quick shots so that they could get wow um, Ken Toby's breath freezing and all that. So. It, it, I, effective, I guess. It, you know, might as well use the re, the re, real cold if you yeah. want to get the get the effect. No, and there's actually I can't. It's a Frank Capra movie, very early in his career, about um, Arctic or Antarctic exploration, hmm. and it's a a, a, a story. That one of the actors they were trying to figure out how to do this, and they had uh, dry ice, and one of the actors thought, "Well, I'll just put some in my mouth, and before Ooh. anybody could say anything, put it in and lost like eight teeth." <sighs> Wow. God. I I think what they ended up doing is they made little cages for the, for the dried ice so that they could put it in their mouths and they wouldn't actually touch it. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't do that myself, but (laughs) a bit pre OSHA. Yeah. It was like 1931 and people weren't thinking about things quite clearly. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, 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 the renting of freezer sounds much safer. Yeah, yeah, it seems, it seems to be. The thing that we, we've we learned about this movie was the location shooting took, uh, it, it ate up the bulk of their uh, shooting time because mostly they stayed there for, they stayed in Minneapolis for close to two weeks waiting for it to snow. For some reason, it was just this freak not, not snowing wow. for two solid weeks. I guess. See, there was global warming back then. Yeah. <laughs> and at the worst possible moment. I know, right, right when you're shooting, you know. Uh, but they, you know, they finally got, they finally got a snowstorm and the actual filming that they finished, all the, all the location exterior shots that you see were shot over just two nights of, so can you, I, I, I can just imagine George Seaton trying to explain to the, to the producers and stuff, no, we just need another couple of days. I'm sure it'll snow any, any minute, but they finally, uh, and, and, you know, you think about most of the cast was there since they had to shoot those, uh, interior scenes at the, at the MSP airport at the beginning. So they got all that out of the way, but they had they had to put like twenty people up for just the you know the cast and the the, right. the makeup people and all that just to keep them going, so they could get these these couple of shots. Well, you have to wonder. Typically, when you make a film, you 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 have um, what you call cover days. So if if you're shooting a movie outside, you organize it in such a way that you keep a couple of days in your pocket that you can shoot inside in case there's bad weather. And yeah. and I. I, I wonder how I, I, I would be curious as to what the shooting schedule, what the planned shooting schedule was for airport in Minneapolis versus what they actually, you know, what order they actually shot things in. 
Yeah, I, I imagine they, they planned on shooting all the exteriors and then doing the interiors and then ended up having to reverse things. But you're right. They would have had to keep all those people around. Yeah, I, I think that would explain the enormous amount of location shots that are interiors here. I'm, I'm sure some of it they were planning on doing back at yeah. you know, back in Hollywood. But right. as long as they were there, they might as well just take over the yeah. the terminal for another night. And this is this is before the days of a 24 seven uh, airport terminal. You know, they closed right. down at midnight and then they'd run everything in from like one to five. Right. And then tidy it all up for the next day. But I just yeah, I'm sure that a lot of the scenes there they had originally scheduled somewhere else. Oh, I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure. But it is a it is a great film. I mean, can you remember? I, I I first saw this movie. I think it was on the the 4:30 movie back in New York at WABC. They used to they used to show this about every three weeks. <laughs> they have like Airport Week, and you'd see a bunch of like disaster, you know, Zero Hour and High and the Mighty and the Fate is the Hunter and stuff like that. But, uh, I, I think that's where I, I first started watching it. I don't remember where I whether I saw it in the theater um, as a kid or or whether I first saw it on television. I kind of think I saw this in the theater the first time. Um, but yeah, I used, I mean, you know, nobody, nobody's got to drag me very hard to look at all those, those, uh, you know, any, any airline film because fate is the hunter is another great. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Great, you know. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a stunner. And, and it really, there isn't like the action, the actual airplane related action is only at the very beginning and the very end. The rest is mostly yeah. a character study. In this one, the character study starts at the beginning and then you you finally get to the airplane action at the very end. So, right. Right. Um, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's hotel set at an airport really. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, you know, and nowadays we've been talking about this in a couple of shows, but you were, you were talking about Denzel earlier, the movie flight starts with yeah. the whole disaster and then you work backwards with, with all mm. the character stuff. So everything's kind of on its ear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I mean, um, you know, fate is the hunter is an interesting structure as well, where he has to go back and, and figure out what happened. Yeah. You know, um, you know, re, re, Re- recreating what you know what led to the crash yeah it's, it's more a detective movie than a disaster yeah. film so yeah exactly um uh, but, it, but i remember you know suzanne plachette with the coffee was always yeah. you know because <laughs> because if you grew up when we did how were you not in love with suzanne plachette oh, please yeah oh my gosh yeah yeah <laughs> what jerry lewis movie was she in I, I remember that's the first time I saw her, and I just loved it. Oh you know, God. back when he was making those goofy comedies. She was in. Wow. Like, she was in the Shaggy Dog too. I think she. I think she was in with with Dean Jones. I remember her in a couple of Disney movies. Me. And and I'm going to look her up. Support your local sheriff. Yeah, yeah, she was in yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, she yeah. had that 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 incredible voice. She was like you know a female Mel Torme. She had that like that husky kind of Lauren Bacall sound <laughs> to her. It was a Geisha <laughs> boy. I, I, the Geisha Boy. Yeah. And an American classic. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it's not going to be putting that away. Disorderly, orderly, but. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. And his career survived. No one yeah. knows why. It kept going and going, but, you know. They love him in France. They love him in France. I, I remember for, for a while when I was a kid, I was on a streak of watching all of the Dean Martin, Jerry Lewis films. Mm. Which, you know, at the time. I don't know how they hold up because I haven't seen them in years. But at the time, I thought they were fabulously funny. You know? uh, yeah. The, well, the uh, what was the uh, the big store? Wasn't that the the typewriter one? Or I can't remember. If oh, was. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, he, he. I mean, there's some moments in it. I I can deal with moments of Jerry, but just yeah. sitting through the entire movie, just you know. Uh, but yeah, he had a career, and and he helped he helped Dino get where he is today, solo. So. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so you know, for, and for that, we we owe him a debt of thanks. 
And yeah. and just to to uh, <laughs> there is on YouTube a cringeworthy uh, uh, clip of a uh, I guess he's a he's a cable talk show host trying to do an interview with an extremely cranky Jerry Lewis. Oh, and oh it's, wow. I mean, every question is has, ha, is met with hostility and one word answers. It's it's great stuff. Wow. <laughs> if you ever feel that you, you have a tough job, <laughs> it's, it's worth it to check out. So, so, so I want you to interview Jerry Lewis. It'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, it'll be fun. He's yeah. wacky. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, there won't be a day the clown cried minute. So we're not going to be working on that. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and let me say for that, I'm grateful. Yes. There we are. Yeah. Count your blessings. Um, the, uh, it, it, oh, excuse me. I have a dog that's yelling at me. So just, dog. Yeah, I have a dog who she's had she's had enough listening to the podcast and she's been sitting at my lap, so she's gonna go check other things. So, well, <laughs> that, that never happens at a, that never happens at a Jerry Lewis interview. But this yeah this this particular minute I think sums up all the tension. You know, we've been waiting for all this stuff to be released at the last you know the last two and a, two hours and something minutes. Yeah. But if we finally get every every payoff that we've needed, well, we we still don't know about Gwen. Poor poor Gwen right. at the back of the. At the back of the plane, who uh, and it, it's you know you hire Jacqueline Bissett to be in your movie, and she spends half of it with bandages over her face. I mean, where's the justice? Yeah, well, she had she had the double misfortune of being blown up in an airplane and uh, going out with Dean Martin. So yeah, uh, yeah. it will all it will all be fixed in seven years with the deep. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, deep I put see. everything right. I still like that. I still like that idea that she should have played the same character, and she just goes through that movie in an eye patch with Nick Nolte. <laughs> just try, tries to forget about her past as a stewardess. That would have made it such a <laughs> such a funnier film. Yeah, I I, I really feel, I'm trying to figure out in in this movie are there any other loose ends? I mean, uh, Joe Petroni hasn't gotten his cigars yet. No. Yeah, I think I think we're just down to a, just down to a couple. This is kind of the resolution of. Nine tenths of the film, so we'll we'll uh, the resolution yeah. of eight months of my life. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Oh, it's been fun. You've enjoyed you've enjoyed them. Nah, I, once 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 he kills those engines, we know you know we're on the other side of it. So yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he's he's ready to go. Everybody everybody looks like they're ready to head for the craft services table there in the last couple of right. seconds. Even poor Gary, he could stop holding his head up. He just he he goes back to looking <laughs> at his shoes. Because it's so heavy. Yeah. <laughs> Well, they're all they're all wondering what the traffic is like on the 101. Yeah. <laughs> Although probably back then not too bad. No, back then probably was uh, was you know was, yeah. was was easy. Although the smog was a lot worse. So, yeah. yeah. Well, they were they were thinking of you know what time the the Universal tours end so they could sneak out without having to drive past the the crew at you know filming Hogan's Heroes or whatever. <laughs> just getting out of the way. Uh, <laughs> Just yeah, now, you know it's funny because you know looking at this clip now I have to go watch this movie again. Yeah, it's it's terrible, and, and that that's the it, it is rewatchable though. That I mean that's a fortunate yeah. thing. After a while, I, I did watch the movie again entirely about two weeks ago, and yeah. n- now that we've been staring at it a minute at a time, every every last little uh, nugget is is just glaring at the screen. I don't know. I was I was talking about this with Mark yesterday that I, I don't know if I'd ever be able to watch this film after we've finished the whole series, but it's uh we we know it intimately. It's funny, you know, movies were not meant to be watched this way, you know. No. Well, no, it'd be not, very not interesting then. to get a a a 
60s or 70s filmmaker and and ask him what he thinks uh, of of this new phenomenon where you know yeah. every frame is is picked apart yeah but but now they they kind of make movies so that you can do that i mean there's all kinds of you know they they hide little nuggets in uh you know you watch star wars movies yep. or things like that everything on the wall you have to decode and, and figure out what's going right. on in the background but this one the yeah. only the only people that watched it at this level were the editors, and sometimes I don't even think the editors were picking up on some of this stuff. So, well, it's it's funny because you know you you get the film into editing, and that's when you start to realize like oh like that's oh we, we missed that or oh we don't have we don't have the shot we need to cut this together you know and that's and that's kind of what the um, part of the role of the script supervisor is is you know make sure that you have everything you need you know so it's it's an interesting you know they say films a collaborative process and it really is because nobody sees everything you yeah. know yeah. you you especially if you you wrote the script and you directed it you know and you just it's so clear in your head that sometimes you're blind to the fact that you left something out you know, because it all cuts together in your head just fine, and you realize, oh, I don't have that shot. Yeah, you just need a reaction <laughs> or anything. But yeah, apart from story-wise, the only thing that I think is a is open is how how did Inez Guerrero pay for her trip to um, the ta- you know get the taxi down to Lincoln Airport? We don't know how how she yeah. paid for that because she was flat broke. She'd given right. all the, she'd given the last dime out of her tip jar unless she. Had something you know hidden in the the world's shabbiest apartment. <laughs> Don't know where she got the it from. So. The world's biggest but shabbiest apartment. Yes, that's true. Yes, very well furnished. <laughs> yeah. I think it's her, her her cousin Bruno is a cab driver. That that's how <laughs> we cover that. Take me yeah, take me to the airport. Sure. Yeah, and he calls her Lady. That's his nickname. For uh, her. Lady. Hey, lady. 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 <laughs> Lady. So, Rory, where do you see the future? One of the un, we're, we're, we're kind of getting a little bit ahead, so spoilers ahead. But uh, where do you see the future for Dean and uh, and Gwen in this? See, I, I just uh, we're still trying trying to figure out. I, 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 you know, he doesn't seem like a great guy. So I, I think he's had this, this, um, this, this, you know, moment of clarity that he has to do the right thing. But then once he talks to his lawyer, I can see him backsliding on all that. Yeah, I see a cheap hotel room in Times Square. <laughs> mm, he's he's gonna be uh, he's I I think I think what's gonna wind up happen is a lump sum payment. I think is the is the word. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I mean, and and you know, since she's already indicated her willingness to uh, go along with that, um, I think he's gonna talk himself into it. Yeah, yeah, it'll seem like the right thing to do. I'm I'm really sorry that Airport 75 just didn't pick up with the same characters. Of course, none of them it wouldn't be able to afford them on the next one. No, well, yeah, uh, yeah, and yeah, that's amazing to me that 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 Bert and Dean got seven million each. Yeah. Wow, yeah. wow, and seven million nineteen seventy dollars. Yeah. So that and yeah, that's like real money. Yeah, yeah. That they that they think the the thing to do is to go and uh, take a piece of the film rather than take a salary. I, I, you could have bought half a Toluca Lake. Yeah, amazing. It's interesting what some. I mean, it's, a, it's interesting some of the deals people have made over the years um, to you know either try and get the movie down to a budget or an actor sees an opportunity like Robert Shaw. When Jaws was so over budget, Robert Shaw offered to take points in return for his salary, and they and they thought about that, and then they and then they declined. Oh. And in oh. Animal House, 
Um, the most, the most, the the highest paid actor on Animal House was Donald Sutherland, who got like fifty thousand dollars for one day. Wow. And, and they offered him points instead, and he said no. So he made fifty thousand. He would have made like seventeen million. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> I uh, similar story. I did the documentary on Halloween, and oh. they offered Donald Pleasance, you know, points. Yeah. And thought, oh, this movie's going to go nowhere. I want yeah. my, my fee. So he got whatever he got. And he, he later in interviews, he said that was one of his biggest regrets. Yeah, I can imagine. Wow. I mean, it's it, 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 it's it's difficult because, you know, it depends on what points they offer you. You know, there's points and then there's points, you know, and, and if you spend the rest of your life trying to get your money, it wasn't worth it. But right. You know. Yeah. But it, yeah, that's what uh, one of the uh, we, we've talked with some people that were working on this particular film and Van Heflin was very insistent on getting paid on time. And he would tell other actors, he said that the most important thing is if you work a day, get paid for the day. So I think he, he, wow. he just waited for his check at the end of every scene. It sounded, it sounded like, but <laughs> yeah, it, it, Which it, made it easier for him to look so anxious in yeah. all of his other scenes. <laughs> where's, where's my check? Uh, um, I, I worked, I, I've told this story before, but I, I've worked, I worked with the, uh, the Western actor Randolph Scott, who, Oh, was, really? Yeah. Wow. And, uh, he, when everybody else was making, uh, you know, buying fancy cars and stuff like that and, uh, yeah. you know, beachfront apartments, he was doing dumb stuff like buying, uh, oil and gas leases in Northern California. Wow. And he, wow. he made a deal with the company that I worked for, Santa Fe Minerals. Uh, he made a 50-50 deal with them on a gas mine north of uh, Yuba City, north of uh, Sacramento. Yeah. And they drilled uh, over 50 gas wells, and he had a 50-50 split. Every month, Santa Fe Minerals would cut him a check. At the time I was working there in the early 80s, they cut him a check for $84,000 a month. Oh, wow. my God. And... <gasps> If if it were like you know if, if I need a deal like that, Jim. If if November came around and November first came and went, he'd be in the office the following morning saying, "Where's my check?" Wow, <laughs> with, with a six gun. Yeah, well, <laughs> he you know it it was that that was his thing, and it was like you know this is this is my money. You give me my give me my check right now, and they always made sure they had Mister Scott's check ready on time. He didn't care if it was Halloween. You go. <laughs> You get that check ready, and it's going to be here on the first. Wow! It's it, it yeah. It's I mean I I think there's similar stories with like Bob Hope and stuff where they just you, you take your money, stick it in real estate, and that's where you yeah. go with it. Well, you got to think in the 30s and 40s, even yeah. here, real estate yeah. was was pretty cheap because it was all desert or it was all like that's you know cool. lemon yeah. groves. Yeah, yeah. And, and it, now, I mean, there's not an inch that isn't developed out here. Bob Hope owned something like 20 acres of Wilshire Boulevard. 20 acres. I mean, it's like, you know, block after block. Yeah. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, apparently, you know, even even early on when he was, you know, Hercules in New York or whatever, he was buying real estate in California. That's yeah. incredible. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> the Lex Luthor method of getting rich. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But it worked. Hey, you know, you can't 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 argue with the success. Wow. You know, that's funny you mentioned that. I I really think that movie is ripe for a podcast treatment. Uh, Hercules in New York. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can you can do a New York adventure ones back to back with the Tarzan one. Do one yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Oh my god. Okay, we can pitch that somewhere. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Actually, that needs to be remade. Yeah. There you go. 
That's what, that's what <laughs> the people want. <laughs> a Pixar yeah. movie, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. But, uh, well, Rory, thank you so much. And I, I know this is your birthday, so thank you very much for coming oh, on on a special happy day. Birthday. Yeah. Well, thank you. And and a, a pleasure to be here. Uh, and very, very entertaining conversation. And, uh, you know, keep, keep me in mind next time. Oh, yeah. We've got, you know, Airport 75 is somewhere over the horizon. So someday we'll be, we'll be yeah, chatting about Karen Black. <laughs> Yeah, Mark, I can't wait. Yeah, Mark can. <laughs> wow, that, that's after the surviving the game minute. Yeah, Mark, Mark is a Rutger Howard fan. Once, once that at every opportunity. So we'll do. Wow, we'll get in there and and figure it all out. Uh, but uh, for folks listening in, as we're winding down these final, we're coming up on the final ten days of uh, or seven days actually. This is the last seven episodes coming up here. So uh, join us on social media if you want to talk some more. We're available on all the you know the Twitter and stuff. Go to Twitter Airport Minute, Facebook Airport Minute, and the Airport Minute Commanders Club. Uh, join us at a great big website, uh, AirportMinute.com, where you can pick up. Uh, uh, copies of this movie we got it through amazon and uh, you can also get needle neat t-shirts like uh these nuts are stale and that kind of stuff it's all for the upcoming ada quonset one yeah that'll be that'll be a pretty good one so check in we've got some new stuff coming even though even though the site the uh the show shutting down but the uh the t-shirts and the uh coffee mugs will continue so i uh, will be that. photos of my three-day bender once this is over <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so. yeah watch for mark on a milk carton near you <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> send wow. your hangover cures in now yeah so but join us here next week on on the, the, the almost final week the final full week uh, our final monday through friday trip where we actually have one of the stars and i'm not using quotes around that we, one of the stars of uh, of airport is going to be joining us monday morning monday whenever you listen to it uh but we have a an actual survivor of the uh, of the airport movie itself so be with us here monday on the airport minute and until then good day bye Hi. Nice going, sweetheart. Remind me to send a thank you note to Mr. Bowling. <laughs>